From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. And I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And of course, it means what? It means that you can't have happiness by running to mystics and reading tarot cards and the rest. That's all nonsense. It means that you want to own your own mind, love your life, uh, unapologetically pursue your dreams, your goals, provided you never violate anybody else's rights. You never step on other people. Now, how do you do that? It's not easy. Most of us are taught that the good person is the person who what? just kind of lowers their head and says, oh, woe is me. Um, I'm a good person because I don't want anything for myself. I need a new car, but I don't want it. I just need it. People have to use the word. I need new shoes. I need new clothes. I need a vacation, not I want a vacation. People are apologizing all over the place. Why are they apologizing? They're apologizing because they've been taught since they were very young. Two conflicting views on morality. One is the American spirit, the pick yourself up from the bootstraps, uh, think for yourself, uh, have wonderful friendships, and pursue wonderful goals. And the other view, which they hear in a secular version and they hear on Sundays, is that, oh, there are so many needy people in the world, and need takes priority over you. Anybody who needs something is more important than you. So you have to give your time, your effort, your energy, your money to anybody, whether you know them or not, whether you like them or not, whether they're good or bad, anybody who needs you. And then you are tied, you are imprisoned for life because you never can feel good about pursuing your dreams. That is why I love a rational code. Thinking clearly so you have a really good foundation in your life. You have a good moral code, honesty, integrity, being productive, having a sense of pride, thinking for yourself, and above all, being rational. You know, having independence, those are all rational virtues. And where do you find such a code? Does it even exist? You know, typically you're offered a choice, might makes right, this kind of Nietzsche code where you, you get away with what you can and you can connive and manipulate other people. Man, you ain't going to like yourself if you do that. And other people aren't going to like you. Even if you get away with it, you live with yourself for life and you will know you're a corrupt person. Or you can go the other route. I'm a Mother Teresa. I give to everybody. I don't want anything for myself. I don't like material goods. I don't like worldly goods. And then you look at people who are happy, who are smiling, and you feel envious and jealous. And then you get to a certain point. You're doing for your kids. You're doing for your husband. And you say, what about me? I have sacrificed my whole life, and now I'm really angry. Well, that doesn't make for long-range happiness, does it? What about a moral code that tells you to treat others respectfully? They pursue their dreams. You pursue your dreams, and you trade value for value to mutual uh, benefit. And it's a wonderful, wonderful life for you. It doesn't mean you don't have hard times, but you use your mind. You just don't go to mystics who tell you what to do, and you just don't go on your emotions, on unanalyzed emotions, on whim. You think about how to set goals for yourself, how to pursue them, how to get over setbacks that will happen in any um, 
in pursuing any goal, whether it's a career or a romantic relationship or better relations with your kids. You want to set good goals for yourself. So that's what this show is all about, pursuing your rational happiness. And if you want to know more about the foundations, you can go to my website, drkenner.com. Again, I'm a clinical psychologist. And you can also read more. You can go to einrand.org a website. Uh, She wrote The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, and she identified a rational moral code. And it may just give you another opportunity to the codes that you've been taught, another, uh, another perspective, another view, and it's up to you to see whether you like it better, which gives you better guidance for your own long-range happiness, if that's what you're after. Um, now, later on in the show, when I first had my kids... I can remember way back when they're in their 20s now, but I can remember my husband would pull me away from my kids. Well, why would he do that? You People who have kids, if you're the hubbies, you're saying, I know why, and you're exactly right. The sexual relationship when you first have kids kind of goes out the window. Mom is so busy with the infant 24-7, or dad's busy too, and mom may be nursing, and it just doesn't feel sexy anymore. Her chest doesn't feel uh, like she's a female anymore. She's more of a mommy, and it's very disconcerting. So I loved what my husband did. He would, I would say he would handcuff me. He never handcuffed me, obviously, but it's a fun imagery. He would take me away for a bed and breakfast weekend, and we'd get a sitter for the kids, and he might do this every six weeks or maybe every month, and we would have couple time, and it helped us stay connected during a period that otherwise can be very rough. So later on in the show, I will be talking about this topic, intimacy, with Dr. Barry McCarthy. He's he's an author and therapist, and we'll be discussing ah your intimacy, marital intimacy. So stay tuned because he's got several trips on tips. Excuse me, thinking those bed and breakfast trips, tips on how to keep the intimacy alive between you and your partner. Again, I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness, and I think I have some time for a very quick question. Dr. Kenner, my ex-husband Max and I have two children. After our divorce, Max Max remarried a woman named Mary. Mary is now fighting for more custody of our kids. She's been overstepping our custody agreement. I am a professional. I'm a very mentally fit mom. I am drug and alcohol free. Why is Mary, their stepmom, tenaciously going after custody of my kids? Is this some sort of psychological disorder? Belinda, there is no psychological disorder called possessive step stepmotheritis. You know, there is nothing like that, Belinda. Um, but what I, I can imagine that um, for you, it's got to be incredibly disturbing. These, these are your top values. They're your kids. You don't want the stepmother to step in there and pretend that she is the mother and you're not and try to just um, erase you from the picture, which is what she, it sounds like she's, wor- she, sounds like she's working in that direction. So neither you or I can get inside of uh, Mary's mind the stepmom's mind and find out why is she going after your kids? What's up with this woman? Uh, but we, d- you can look at some possible motives. One of them is financial. Maybe she doesn't want your, your ex-husband, Max, to pay you child support. And so it's a financial thing. If she has the kids, they keep the money. Maybe your husband is, your ex-husband has told lies about you and you look like the evil 
a mother and so she's rescuing the kids. Well, if that's the case, you need the truth to come out in the open. Uh, maybe she's very insecure and she thinks that you're more confident, you're a professional, and so she's trying to make her domain the kids and look more important in your husband's eyes. Or she may be jealous of you and your husband may be too, and they may be looking to undermine your happiness. People do collude in that. Um, and uh, that's a huge problem. Or maybe she never had kids and she wants a big family and so your kids, she wants is her kids. Well, what you need to do is to get legal advice ASAP. You want to keep a log of every time she oversteps her bounds. You want to protect the kids from this noise as much as possible, from the custody noise. And you want to uh, obviously get the legal advice. Find more out about Mary's character. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. Personal differences can cause recurring conflicts. This is obvious in the case of big issues such as sex, spending money, choosing where to live, the amount of time spent together, the time spent with relatives, dividing up household chores, whether to have children, and if so, how many and how to raise them. But there can also be recurring conflicts over small issues such as how to load the dishwasher, where to leave the dirty clothes, and when to pay bills. Seemingly small issues often become become larger if they keep recurring and if neither party is willing to change or simply let it go. Sometimes chronic conflict over small issues, cleaning up the den, spending too much time on the computer with friends, is camouflaging a much deeper conflict that both partners are afraid to address. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.